Support for this podcast comes from Frito-Lay in the 2023 Snack Bracket Championship. The Frito-Lay Snacket Challenge is underway, and fans are voting on their favorite snacks to crown champion. We're talking about primetime matchups between the best 64 snacks in the land. Will Ruffles Ridges reign supreme? Can Doritos defend their dynasty? Or will Smart Food use their smarts for a surprise upset? Only you can decide. Get in on all the action for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. Let your snacks be heard. Just go to Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void but prohibited. Years worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. Welcome to ATL and 29, the podcast looks at the NBA from the starting point of Atlanta. My name is Kevin Chouinard, I'm here with uh, True Bane Virgo, that's not his birth name, but we're going to roll with it. Uh, we, we both just got off of uh, watching the NFL Conference Championships. Are you, are you happy for uh, New England fans? I don't care about the Patriots. All I care is that the Saints are not coming to Atlanta. <laughs> That's the only thing I care about. That's it. That's it. The Aints, they're not coming to Atlanta. I'm cool with it. Did you even watch the, the end of the Chiefs-Patriots game? Oh, yeah. I watched both games. Okay. Yeah, they were, they were both of the games were incredible, but... um. I really could care less about the second game. All I always focused on was the Saints and the Rams. And then I was just highly impressed, and I couldn't contain my happiness at the end of the game. Just know that. So Falcons Twitter had a ball. Was that pass interference? I didn't see a thing. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't see a thing? I didn't see a thing. Was it unnecessary roughness coming coming for the helmet? You didn't see anything? Nothing? I'll be like, being real, it was a blatant missed call. But, uh, <laughs> and they definitely should have called it. But I'm not, I'm not worried about it. It is what it is. They deserve it. They deserve it. That's, yep. that's fair. Mm-hmm. All right. Rise up, baby. <laughs> All right. So I, I wanted to talk about a few things, but I wanted to start with what's happening in Houston. The beer. Clint Capella is out. And it's James Harden. And Austin Rivers as his wingman. And we've got Mike D'Antoni just running 48 minutes of isolation basketball. Do you like it? I love it, honestly. It's, it's, it's a beautiful brand of basketball. It's something that we haven't seen somebody do in a, in a long time, if anything, or if ever. Because James Harden, he's just, he's just killing it. So 163 points over the last three games. And all of them, every single last one, completely unassisted. That metric is so crazy to me. So crazy. But, yeah, they are. And that's all right? It's not all right, but it's fun to watch from my perspective. 
Okay. I mean, it has pros and cons, right? Like, you know, the pros are, you know, it's what you want to do against a switching defense because it pretty much boils down to you're going to have to do something one-on-one anyway. So if you can get the spacing and you can get the ball to your best player, you know, having them go one-on-one is a good thing. Cuts down on turnovers because you don't have to pass the damn thing. (laughs) (laughs) It's fun to watch. He's getting a lot of points. It's 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 entertaining in that respect, but what's going to happen in the playoffs? Well, in the playoffs, of course, it's going it's going to change up because by then, Chris Paul is going to be back. He should be. Knock on wood that he stays healthy. But um, so I, it's going to change up, but it's still going to be a lot of ISO. That's just what James Harden is about anyways. But he's just going to have to have some more talent around him so that they can create for him as well. But even then, don't they use too much of – I mean, they just don't run a whole lot of plays. They yeah, they – take turns. Yeah, they had that freelance offense really. But um, they're going to have to change it up because teams is going to figure it out. And we all know how – James Harden kind of does in the playoffs. He, to me, he shows up to some type of degree, but I really feel like he's just the the wear and tear over the whole entire regular season of him carrying the Rockets, and eventually that it gets to you. But um, that's what I think. Yeah. See, that's that's. I mean, it makes sense on a lot of levels, and so you know, if you're playing the Warriors, and your best chance of beating the Warriors is to do exactly what. James Harden can do in a spread isolation offense, then let him have at it. But you don't need to do that for 82 games. You don't need that to beat the Suns. You don't need that to beat the Knicks. You don't need that to beat the Cavs. It just seems like they should have something where, you know, even if it's that's their fourth quarter offense or if that's their offense against good teams, it just seems like they should be doing something else some other part of the time to make life easier for him because he's going to, it's not like this would be the first time he put it out in the playoffs. Right. Yeah. Adjustments are just going to have to be made. And so it's on Dan Tony, really. He's going to have to figure it out. And that's what's and disappointing I, is because like he's, he's an offensive genius. He made basketball fun to watch again. Right. And I get the times change and defensive change, defenses change, defensive trends change. I still just wish he would mix it up some of the time. Yeah, he got to learn from his mistakes for sure. I don't know. But it does seem does seem like it's kind of repetitive. Yeah. And really, that's on on uh, James Harden as well. Like he has to speak up on it. Like, does he – I mean, of course he enjoys his brand, brand of basketball, but with a person with his IQ, he's going to have to get to the point where he changes up the game plan as well. Okay. Well, that'll be interesting. And he'll be an all-star in the West. Easily. Easily. Is, is, should he win MVP? Oh, I – the way he's playing right now, if he carries it out, yeah, he's going to get it back to back. But 
Giannis, he came out the gates just going hard. And right. then and now you got Stephen, Stephen Curry. Uh-huh. He he's showing out as well. So I think James Harden, for me, I have it like Giannis and James Harden like neck and neck. Right. Like if either one of them get their award, I'm happy for both of them. But it's not isn't just not a toss up. I mean, it is a toss up right now for me at least, but a lot of people going with James Harden and that's fine. It's fair. Yeah, I think if I had to do it right now, I'd give it to Harden, but we'll have to wait and see how the rest of the season pans out. This is true. And uh Giannis will be an all star in the East, and that was one of the things uh I wanted to talk to you about. I wanted to try to figure out who the 12 all-stars are going to be in the east in the east we'll skip the west okay too many hard choices in the west in the east you got the opposite problem which is how do you even get 12 all-stars <laughs> <laughs> this is such a unique problem I, i'm kind of fascinated by it because you know it seems like every year in every conference it's like oh we've got some hard choices to make at the end this person deserves to be an all-star and i just so does this other person, and we got to pick between them. And now you pick like nine all-stars, and there's three spots left, and it's like, well, who do you put here? Is it really Spencer Dinwiddie? So Arguments can be made. I, I might be making it in five minutes. We'll see. <laughs> All right, so I think there are going to be some locks, and I think we can get through the locks pretty quickly. Okay. So... Let me see if uh, if your starters fit among my locks. So who who would you put as your starting five? All right, my starting five. At PG, I will go with Kyrie Irving. Okay. At shooting guard, and this is going to probably throw you for a loop, but I'm going with Dwayne Wade because Ooh. it's the last dance. It's the last dance. Wow. Yep. Wow. Okay. At the three, Kawhi Leonard. Okay. At the four, Giannis. And at the five, I went with Joel Embiid. Okay. So, we got a lot of the same. For me, it would be Kyrie, Bradley Beal, who's the best guard in the Eastern Conference. Maybe? I don't know. We'll see. So Kyrie and Bradley Beal, and then Kawhi, Giannis, Joel Embiid. So we only we only differ at the two guard, and yeah, I, I don't have Dwayne Wade in my in my lock, so we're gonna have to come back to that one. Oh yeah, for sure. Do you, do you have Beal on your All Star team? He is. All right, so we so we we've agreed on five of the spots. All right. Uh, who would who would be the next person that you'd put on? Because that might be a lock for me. All right. Um, I still did it with the the positional lineup, so okay. it's not like necessarily well, well, look, the next person that deserves it. But the next lineup that I had was Lowry. Okay. Oladipo. Yeah. Ben Simmons. Okay. Chris Middleton. Yeah. And Al Horford. So you got Middleton as a power forward. No, Ben Simmons is that powerful. Oh, okay, just okay, okay. So that you got four to four. Four words. You got Horford. Yep. You sure? Positive. You sure? You sure? 
I'm positive. Really? I'm not looking, not looking back. You're not even going to like. Because whenever Al Horford is out of that lineup, whenever he's hurt, the Celtics look just straight up out of whack. And he's very important to that team. So he ain't ever going to put up the the big all-star numbers that everybody's looking for. 12 points, my, 12 points and six rebounds, Al Horford. Yep. But it's his impact for me. And it's just what I when, – when I watch the Celtics and just seeing how important he is to that squad, like he is the all-star for that, that team. So I'm – and then, what, they're probably like fifth or fourth in the standings right now. So I'm giving it Oof. to him. Oh, my goodness. Yep. Really? Yep. Oh, my goodness. They are fifth. They're 20, 28 and 18. The, the Celtics need a leadership council like the Bulls. They got some, I don't issues. Know they got some issues to sort out. Jalen Brown doesn't like Marcus Morris. I'm not sure if they like Tatum. I don't know if Tatum likes Marcus Smart. They they don't they don't seem like a happy bunch. I, I think it's just too many mouths to feed to a certain degree, in my opinion. What about all the people that were tweeting last year and two years ago? Oh, if you had to pick between Giannis and Brad Stevens, who would you pick? That's not looking like such a good... Uh, oh, yeah, that's a terrible take at the moment. Uh, yeah, those, those tweets are going to die a hard, cold death. Yeah. <laughs> I, I forgot all about that, honestly. <laughs> Oh, yeah. I didn't forget. I couldn't believe it at the time. I still can't believe it. <laughs> yeah. All right. So going back to the All-Star. So we we agreed on five. And I think I agree with you on Middleton, Lowry. And who was your other guy? Oh, Oladipo. So that's eight. Yeah. And so you've got a nine and a ten. I think I put Blake Griffin on. Oh god. I had him in my mind. I think I, I like him better than Ben Simmons. I think Simmons is just his inability to shoot is part of the problem for the Sixers. Their offense <laughs> is just kind of a toilet bowl offense because they've got too many people around the hoop, not enough spacing. They they really need Landry Shamit to do a lot for them. This is true. Because he's their shooter. I mean, Reddick's their shooter, too. But but Ben Simmons, he, he's still one of the engines that helps them win. Oh, sure. So that's the reason why I had to go with him. But I get what you're saying, though, for sure. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I You might be able to convince me. I, I just don't – I don't have him in my first 10. Let's put it that way. I hear you. All right. So let's let's see here. So we, we agreed on 8 out of 10. Uh, you want to give me two more? Well, actually, I gave you 11. You gave me 11? Yeah, because you remember we agreed on Bradley Bill already. He was one of my reserves. Oh. Yeah. All right, that's right. And so the only person the only person I had to say now is Kimba Walker. Okay. Kimba Walker. I like it. I would put him on too. So that means we agree with what? You gave me 10, 
and I agreed with eight. So we agreed with ten out of the twelve, then, yeah. right? Because I'm a, yeah. I, you didn't have Wade. I didn't have Wade, and I didn't have Simmons. Al, Al, Al Horford. Oh, Al and Horford. Ben Simmons. Oh wait, we only agreed out of nine out of twelve, then. Yeah. All right, and you didn't have Blake Griffin on your list, right? So I gave no, you one out of my other three. Yeah. All right, so I have to pick two more. Man, maybe I have to put Ben Simmons on. <laughs> I don't want to. Go ahead and toss him in. How mad would you be if I said Nick Vucevic? You know what? I would be perfectly fine with that because he's having an incredible season. I think he's gotten a lot better on defense. Oh, yeah. I always felt like he was kind of a little underrated on that, that side of the ball, especially like last season. The season before that, he was bad. Yeah. Last year, I saw improvement in him. All right. So, I think I'm going to put him instead of Horford. If and I was to recreate my list, I would probably do that, too. But I'm going to stick with Al Horford since I so I kind of forgot about Nicole. Probably rooting for the Patriots, too. My goodness. All right. Um... <laughs> Man, it's like Ben Simmons or it really is like Ben Simmons or Spencer Dinwiddie. Like, is there anyone else? Josh Richardson? I wouldn't go with him. Would go with him. Jimmy Butler? Nope. No Jimmy Butler? Not for me. Ah. Ah. I don't like any of these picks. Zach Levine? I'm kidding. Nobody take that seriously. (laughs) Okay. Yeah, not a big Zach Levine fan. Man, I don't know. What about Eric Bledsoe? I'm not getting with it. I'm not rocking with it. Fine. Ben Simmons. Ben Simmons it is. So, am I still short one? My God. Let Let me... let me count mine out again. We, I had I had Kyrie, Bradley Beal, Kawhi, Giannis, and Joel Embiid as starters, right? Yep. Oh, I think I think Kemba f- finishes it out for me because I agree with you on Kemba. This is true. So you had so what were the three that didn't match? Give me your three that didn't match. And it's um, actually going to be two because I'm going to get stuck picking Ben Simmons. So we Al, just didn't Al agree Horford. on Wade and Al Horford now. Okay. And so who am I going to pick in their place? I'm picking Vucevic. Did I pick anybody instead of Wade? I shouldn't be mm. writing these down. I'm lazy. I don't think I did. What about Tim Hardaway Jr.? Oh, no. <laughs> Timmy was balling out for like a good stretch, too. And then he just flailed out. Kind of like usual. Got to get that tank going. Hmm. All right. Uh, ben Simmons it is. So we only disagreed on two, right? And you didn't have Blake Griffin? No, I did not. So I'm going to take Blake Griffin and Nick Vucevic. That, that's going to be the two we differ on. You you get Dwayne Wade and Al Horford. I get Blake Griffin and Nick Vucevic. 
I probably don't even have enough guards, but we we I got Ben Simmons and Giannis that can be like pretend guards, so we'll be able yeah. to You're disappointing the small ball here. And uh John Collins? John Collins, wow. Does he have, does he have an all star wow. candidacy that we should consider? I feel so bad now. I feel so bad. Mrs. D is going to kill me. Uh oh. Uh-oh. She is going to kill me. So wow. I'm putting John Collins in my lineup. Wow. I feel so bad right now. You know what? I'm oh, no. offing Al Horford. I'm wow. Goodbye, Al. Al. <laughs> Al's gone. Buy out contract at the end of the wow. day. I'm swapping out John Collins for Al Horford, and that's it. That's the only change-up. Poor Al. I can't believe I forgot about the Baptists. Oh, my goodness. Really? You know, because I was kind of looking at more of the standings, but yeah. John Collins, he's just having that type of year to where I would throw him in, and not even right. on no homer stuff, because folks is probably listening, they like, oh man, this dude's be on some homer-ish, but nah, like, like, he's, he's having an incredible season. He is. Like if if you gave me a choice and said, okay, you got one, you got to win this one game, you know, for a large sum of money. Like, and you give me a choice between Blake Griffin and John Collins, I'm picking John Collins. Like, like Blake Griffin has, you know, the the points per game stats, and he's got the name reputation, and he's going to be an All Star this season before John Collins makes it. Like, there's no way that Collins makes it and Blake Griffin doesn't. That's not going to happen. But like, yeah. if you gave me a choice between those two players in a game, I'm picking Collins. Feel you on that. He's just I'm, more efficient and more impactful. Yeah, I'm not the biggest Blake Griffin fan anyway, so I'm all the way with you right there. Okay. Uh, let's see here. So, I asked you on to talk about a few things. I I haven't laid out the agenda for our audience yet, but. Uh, Lacking a better segue, one of the other things I wanted to talk about was last night's Boston-Atlanta NBA tilt, which honestly felt like the first time Al Horford came back to Atlanta, and it wasn't like a big deal. It was just like, oh yeah, Al's here again. He's still in the Celtics. Like it just felt like he's a norm, almost like he's just a normal NBA player at this point, and not somebody that was you know former Hawk Al Horford. Yeah, I agree with that. And he no was, more booing. He was terrific in the fourth quarter. Like he was, he was the difference in the fourth. Just like his rebounding and stuff, getting to the line. Like Kyrie was one hundred percent the reason Boston won, but he needed some help, and Al Horford was that help late. Uh, but but overall, what'd you think about that game? Well, it was a, it was a very entertaining game for sure. Um, you know, I mean, like, I enjoyed the outcome, for sure. Some people not, might not like that, but um, overall, the young guys, as long as the young guys ball out, I'm fine with it. So, okay. Trey Young, he did good. John Collins, he balled out. But um, I got some, some things to say about him, too. And um, Kevin Herter. He did good. So, as long as the young trio does good, I'm fine with it. Right. And then uh, the fiasco 
with Marcus Smart. I don't, I don't like how he came at DeAndre Bembry. You know, I'm, I'm a fan of Marcus Smart. Like, he's actually one of my favorite players. And it sucked to see him come at DeAndre Bembry so hard like that. Yeah, shout out to Bob Rathbun, the genius. Because, like, he's like, hey, wait a minute. He's getting away. And, like, he, he, I think he was the first person in the building to realize that Marcus wasn't done. Because mm-hmm. as, soon as, as soon as Al Horford let go of him, and kind of turned him over to the uh, you know seventy five year old security guy. But Bob knew what was happening next, which was Marcus. Marcus is about to make a charge here. Oh okay, yeah. See, unfortunately, I don't get the hear Bob Rathbun and Neek commentate because okay. I watch the streams. Okay, so I'm always you most of the time when I'm watching streams is always the opposition's play by play announcers. Okay. But um, that was a good call out, Bob. <laughs> so salute to Bob. So like the first half, like it's funny because last week I was listening, or I shouldn't even say last week. It was just like a couple of days ago, but it was an old podcast from like a week ago with Zach Lowe and Bill Simmons. Mm-hmm. And Bill Simmons had this critique of Kyrie. He's like, you know, there was this game. It was the second game of a back-to-back, and I felt like Kyrie should have should have put his imprint on the game. He should have had you know twenty-two points in the first half and just kind of taken over and said, "Okay, guys, I'm going to lead you through this game." And holy crap! Like that is exactly what Kyrie Irving did. It was amazing. Like he was a magician in the first half. He had twenty-three points. The Hawks would have rolled the Celtics if Kyrie wasn't on the floor. Like, they were so much better than Boston was. But just Kyrie did everything for them. He had 23 points on 11 shots. He was finishing, like, the most incredible finishes. He made four threes and didn't miss one. I mean, it was just... it was He was perfect in the first half. It was just so much fun to watch. Even, you know... Even though, you know, I'm sure many Hawks fans uh, didn't delight in that. And basically, Brad Stevens at the ga- after the game said the same thing. It's like, you know, whatever happened after the Marcus Smart stuff is one thing, but they wouldn't have even been in the game if Kyrie hadn't dragged him there. Yeah, I totally agree. He was supernova. We need to check the clips and see if his jersey was untucked because that's probably what was going on. That's when he gets it going? Oh, yeah. Once when that jersey's untucked, that's when Kyrie is unleashed. Simple as that. I have to say, like, <laughs> you know how you know how the Steph warm-up is a thing? Like, you know, when Steph Curry warms up, like, the fans show up at the arena early to see him, like, shooting five 40-footers. And, he, you know, he might swish four of them. Like, he just takes those extremely long warm-up shots and everybody wants to see it. Yeah, you you won't you fans aren't going to be able to see Kyrie warm up because he warms up three hours before the game. Like if it's a seven thirty game, he's out there at four thirty warming up. But like out of every NBA player, he's my favorite one to watch warm up. It's just fantastic. Like the shooting, he practices. You know, he practices all of the uncanny moves that he does. It's not just catch and shoot, catch and shoot. Like he's practicing how to take all sorts of different off-balance pull-ups, you know, and things that he dribbles into. And it's just, it really is, it's a, it's it's the most magnificent warm-up routine 
that I've seen. I, I, I enjoy his more than any other player. Yeah, we're going to need, need you to get some inside footage of that. Because <laughs> now you got me interested. I, I might have to do that. It, it, it's, it's something. But you, you said, okay, you said I'm good with it just as long as the young guys ball out. And the young guys balled out in the first half. Kevin Herter had 13 points and five assists in the first half. The ball was zipping around. The Hawks had 19 assists in the first half. Collins had 12 points. Trey Young had five assists. The young guys were balling out in the first half, except, and I don't even know if he counts as a young guy, I would say that Torian Prince was not balling out in the first half. Does he count as a young guy? I do. I mean, I count him as a young guy. Him and Bimber. I had him in there. He wasn't good. He was 2 of 8 in the first half. Uh, Didn't have any assists. He went 0 for 5 from 3. Like, the Hawks scored 67 points in the first half. It felt like if they had just had, like, an average performance from whoever, Prince or whoever his replacement was... Like, if they just got an average basketball out of someone else, it felt like they would have scored 75 in the first half. That's how good their offense was. And Boston adjusted in the second half, and of course there was the whole Marcus Smart thing, and Boston kind of woke up after that. But, you know, it, it took some adjustments from Boston to catch up. They started doing more switching. They were switching, but in a way that it made it difficult for the Hawks to take advantage of the switches. Like, they wanted... To get Dwayne Dedman, you know, when he was when there was a switch and Dwayne Dedman was like posting up a gu- small guard, that was great. But they had trouble getting the ball to him. And same for Alex Len, same for John Collins. It was just hard to make those entry passes. So Boston definitely changed it up, and and it felt like that that made a big difference to what the Hawks were doing in the second half, as well as you know, but just the general uh, intensity level went up. Yeah, I agree. I still feel like we need a, with the entry passes to the bigs. Right. We just, adjustments have to be made. That's that's on the coaching. And I really don't, I don't gripe on Lloyd Pierce because I feel like a lot of people forget that this is his rookie year as well. So we got to, we got to cut him some slack, in my opinion. And, uh. But yeah. adjustments at the end of the day have to be made because John Collins, he need to, he should at least be getting about ten shots a game. Your best player needs to be getting up shots. And I think that's why he wasn't in the game light. Like there were some people who were saying, you know, where's John Collins? Where's John Collins? And you know, he wasn't in the game pretty late in the fourth quarter. I think that was honestly part of it. Is like he's a player who's dependent on you know other people getting in the ball and the way things were going for the Hawks you know, until they started to shoot a little better, they just weren't going to be able to get him the ball. Like, it was it was too much work. I don't know. I, I still would have had him in there, but, I mean, if, if you make the case that it was going to be hard for him to have an impact without the ball, and yeah, that, that would be fair, too. I mean, I guess you, you hope he can be, you know, he's an elite offensive rebounder, so you at least get that with him on the floor. Yeah. I, I, w- I would have try, tried him. He should have been in the game, point blank. All right, I've got some stats for you. Here's the, here's the stat that I want to uh, put put past you here. 
I've got the passing numbers, like just the total raw number of passes from last night's game. So Trey Young, for instance. Trey Young threw 61 passes. John Collins threw 50 passes. Sheesh. Dwayne Dedman threw 37 passes. Kevin Herter threw 28 passes, but credit to him, he also had a career-high seven assists. So he was he was making some impactful passes, right? Right. He did All so right. so much with so little. Yeah. So a- Alex Len threw twenty-one passes. Omari Spellman, who I don't even think he played that much, threw twenty-two passes. Let me check his minutes. He threw twenty-two passes in fifteen minutes. Okay. Now, Torian Prince. We talked about his shooting. I mentioned his first half shooting numbers. Overall, he shot three for 14, right? Right. He went one for eight from three. Guess how many passes he threw? Oh. Just just with you leaving him off for last, it, it sounds like it's less than 20. Correct. <laughs> <laughs> how many was it? He took 14 shots. And threw seventeen passes. Dang! And keep Come in on, mind, he, also, he had he had six defensive rebounds, so probably each one of those was a pass. You know, right off the bat, you rebound it, you pass it. So that's six passes right there, just from getting rebounds and and kicking the ball to a guard. So that leaves like another eleven passes over his twenty three minutes, which doesn't seem like a good number of passes. Yeah, that's not good, Torian. I don't know. It's like... I mean, there's still time to search it out. Like, he was hurt. Mm-hmm. He's just coming back. Right. He's got to feel out his balance, but it's certainly something to keep an eye on. Is oh, that yeah, fair? for sure. Oh, yeah, that's fair. I think that's completely fair, especially with the injury and whatnot. But um, I honestly thought that the injury was going to help him more with coming back just because he sees how his teammates been playing within his stretch. I'm like, we went eight and seven over a good stretch. So I'm just like, you think he would come back in with the mindset, okay, let me make this extra pass to my teammate to get a better pass. Cause that's how basketball is. If you, if you pass it up, most likely you're going to get a better shot because your teammates going to set you up, pass up a good look for a great one. So I'm thinking like, he's going to see that the Hawks been playing this type of way. But it's like he came back and he got right back in his same old bag. Yeah. And like to a certain degree, I guess it's hard to change your play style, but I don't know. It's just, I want to defend him. And so, like you said, like with him having that injury, we just got to play it out and see how things go. And uh, film, film would definitely help him. Coach Pierce and the rest of the staff, they're going to have to be in his ear about that. Because if you're not playing that dribble, pass, and shoot type of brand basketball that Travis Schling loves, then eventually they're going to get you out the door. Yeah, I mean, it's certainly, you know, something to keep an eye on. Mm-hmm. I mean, Travis Schling didn't draft him. Travis Schlenk has got to decide, you know, do I want to give him an extension this summer? I mean, there are there are definitely choices to be made, and... It's not it's not the most natural fit. And and at the same time, here's another thing, like you want 
I think if you're the Hawks, you want Kevin Herter making more passes than Torian Prince. Like you want you want Prince to be a shooter. Like he's a better Martin. shooter than he is a playmaker. Like he's a really, really good shooter. And he didn't make his shots last night, fine. So you want him to have a shooting mentality, but not a shoot at all cost mentality. Right. Like you don't want him in the, with the ball. I don't you know, if you've got Trey Young and Kevin Herter on the floor, you don't want him with the ball in his hands trying to make a play. But he's you. You still want him to have to make that judgment call. Is this a good shot, or you know, if I pass it, is there going to be some better shot out there? And it didn't feel like he was making that judgment call last night. I don't know. Yeah, I agree with that. Okay. Well, I still got faith in TP though. I got faith in. Yeah, and 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 another thing about his game last night, like. You know, again, he's coming back from injury. I thought in the first half he just kind of looked kind of tentative, and it, it felt like as the game wore on, he was he was starting to feel his athleticism come back a little bit. Like some sure. of his rebounds and stuff were starting to look better as as the game wore on. So it's early in his return from an injury, but uh, there are things to watch. That's fair. All right. I asked you on to talk about one other thing here, and that was Tyler Dorsey. TD. I spoke with Tyler about a month ago, and that was when he was playing a little bit more in the rotation, and here's how our conversation went. Trey works with Coach Garnett, and uh, DeAndre works with uh, Coach Genelot. Is there one specific assistant coach you work with a bunch? Uh, I work with some tomorrow. Work with Marlon a bunch, yeah, Garnett, most of the time. We've kind of been like that since the beginning of the season. So when the when the coaching staff you know approaches you and says you know we want you to work on this, we want you to work on what are some of the stuff that they want you to work on? Uh, there's nothing specifically they say um, I want to work on. They probably implement like stuff I can probably score out of the offense. So a lot of stuff I do if I do extra work at night, come at night with them. They'll put they'll implement like different scenarios and different ball screens and coming off screens and that's what we mostly do but they haven't said anything specifically unless we watch some film from the last game and what I need I could could have did better so is there like a certain package of plays that they run for you when you're out there or? Uh, no they don't no. run no plays <laughs> it's just um, okay well you, okay sorry it's I just like like if it, there's an offense where if the ball comes to the second side mm-hmm. or it's just diff- it's it's a lot of different things. It's just knowing the play. If you if you knew some of the plays, you would understand. Okay. But it's just uh, I don't even know how to explain it to be honest. So you're on you know you talk you say you're on the weak side. Yeah. And the ball comes. Yeah, you know, coming you get off the motion. DHO. Okay. Or, um, so you're not in the DHO. You're separate from it on the weak side. Uh yeah, most okay. of the time. Most of the time. I start in the corners and come out of there. Okay. Unless I, you know, it's transition, I bring the ball up. But most of the time, it's coming off DHOs right. or coming off the screen or making a cut. Okay. Um, you know, you've had you've had a couple of real nice games the last week or so. What any specific keys for you that you feel like triggered it for you? Probably. I mean, waiting on. Besides I, just getting an opportunity. Yeah. Besides getting an opportunity. I need to capitalize when I get in and be ready and I'm just tired of, you know, you know, sitting on the bench and watching. Uh, when, when you sit, you know, most of the beginning of the season and your opportunities call, you better be ready and I just wanted to be ready. And most of the time I'm just bringing energy. I'm just 
I know I, I, what I can do on the offensive end and bring that, but most most importantly, just bring that energy on the defense. Um, if I come out with energy uh, and let the game come to me, uh, I was catching the rhythm early and got to keep it going and bringing that spark off the bench. You mentioned defense. You know, is, it, is it hard playing defense in the NBA? I mean, you're kind of a normal-sized human being, right? Yeah. <laughs> there are a lot of people in the NBA who aren't. I mean, when you're out there guarding some of those people, you're like, oh, my goodness. Does it mean that, is, is it ever, like, overwhelming, like, in a good way overwhelming? Uh, I wouldn't say overwhelming. Right. That's a bad it's word. Just, it's a loaded no, word. I'm good. sorry. It's just, <laughs> it's just knowing knowing who you're going up against. Like, if you know their tendencies, most players are go to their tendencies, go to what they do best. And sometimes you can know it and not even stop it. But um, right. there's sure. also the time for the, for NBA, like good NBA players. It's kind of you just want to slow them down, take them out to what they do best. You're never going to stop the best players. They always going to uh, – the best scorers going to always get their numbers. It's just how, how they get it and um, slowing them down. I think defensively going in the mindset, obviously you want to stop them. But sometimes it's just – it's hard. It's hard to stop people in the NBA for sure. So you mentioned like, uh, you know, knowing what the opponents do best. Is that something you, that you go over with Coach Garnett too? Is he kind of like try to lead you into some of the opponent tendencies with the people you're going to cover? Uh, not, not most of the time. Me, it's just I know going ahead of time myself because okay. I got a year under my belt. Right. If I was a rookie, I wouldn't know and I would need to. But okay. most of the players in the league I study, I know already what mm-hmm. they do best. So going ahead of time, unless it's like a rookie, a rookie, I don't know. That's in the league. Uh, I know what they do best. I like. I, I watch a lot of basketball, so it's easy for me to, to figure out things going ahead. Uh, I, I've tried, you know, in, in trying to describe myself, like, well, you know, what did Tyler do well the last couple of weeks? I would describe it as, you know, you doing what you do best, but just kind of, you know, actually getting it to happen. You know what I mean? It's like you're playing to your strengths. Does that, does that seem fair? Yeah, um, at the beginning of the season, um, they wanted me to come off the come off the bench and bring that that scoring punch, that instant offense, and um, I know I know I can do that. Um, but uh, for me to gain more minutes, is I have to bring that, but also bring that energy on the defensive end and just make things happen, um, change the momentum of the game if we're down and if we're up, just keep it going. Really, it comes down to I got I've been patient for my opportunity. I got tired of sitting on the bench, and when my number was called, I, I was going to be ready for it. Um, I wasn't going let, to let let the opportunity go away. Was there anything special that you did when you weren't playing? Like like you like you think of okay, I'm I'm, I'm going to be ready when it comes. Between now and then, I'm going to do this. Uh, extra time in the gym, okay. uh, probably every night. Like you come here? Yeah, here. For shots? Garnett or on the shooting machine, I come every night. It's kind of my stress reliever a little bit, too. But, but I don't miss a night, especially when I wasn't playing. Do you live close to here? Is it like a long commute? Uh, or? I live like maybe 10 minutes. Okay. If I drive a little bit, five. <laughs> <laughs> we won't use that number. Well, especially your mom and dad will be reading, so we're going to use yeah, 10. Yeah. 10 minutes. Without traffic, definitely 10. But it's an easy, close drive. I don't live too far from here. So, like, night, you mean, like, 8 o'clock or, like, 10 o'clock? When do you usually come? Whenever, whenever, um, most of the time, 8. I don't like coming too late, but I like this rest at night. But so, do you have to, like, text Coach Garnett and say, I'm going to be here in such yeah, and such a let, time? Yeah, I let him know after practice. We set up a time. Okay. And if not, I just come at by myself, shoot on the machine, get up a lot of shots, threes, different, different stuff off that. But, uh, 
But I didn't miss. I didn't try to miss a night because I knew the league is, is it works that way. And when you when it's called, you better be ready. So this is a dumb question, but like if you work out at eight, like do you eat dinner after? Do you eat before? How does that work? Seems like if you eat dinner at like six thirty, you come in like yeah. full and you'd be like groggy. I usually eat like try to eat four meals a day. Okay. Breakfast, one after practice, one between that time, and maybe a smaller one at the end, okay. at the end of the night. Do you, are you trying to gain weight? Is that something that uh, like? It's hard to gain weight during the season. Right, I actually right, right. gained weight when I wasn't playing. Okay. When I was doing lifting, and working right. out. So um, right now it's just during the season when you're actually playing, you're trying to maintain the weight. Thank you very much. I appreciate your time. I'm. I've been intrigued by him over the past few weeks, and he hasn't even played all that much. But he balled out in Erie. Uh, when he was in Erie, he had 36 points, 13 rebounds, 5 assists. Like He, he did his thing in Erie. Um, he just went up there for one game, but, I mean, he, he did his thing in a win. Um And when he's when he's played in Atlanta over the past couple of weeks, he's he's been intense. I think is that fair? Um, from the from the times that I did see him play, I feel like he always makes his minutes count. He always goes hard every single minute that he's on there fighting for rebounds. You already know that's his niche. Going hard for rebounds and just being aggressive on both sides of the ball. So, I mean, I like TD. His shooting numbers for the season aren't very good. He's shooting 35% from the field, 22% from three. I mean, I'm not sure he could be an NBA player if that doesn't come back up. I mean, obviously, it'd have to come up some. Right. But, like, I think it has to come up a lot. Because, you know, he's not going to be a plus defender. Uh, he's not terribly big and athletic. Well, he is athletic, but it's a, it's a small athletic as opposed to like a rangy athletic. I don't know. I've been impressed just because I feel like when he's been in the game over the past few weeks, he's just like instantly professional and just super, super intense. Like diving for loose balls, you know, really getting into it defensively. I think those are things that he we didn't necessarily see last season. And he's just kind of desperate, which is like a good thing and a bad thing. I mean, it's kind of kind of rough that it's gotten to that point for him in his second right. season. But I mean, if you're going to go out, that's the way to go out. I feel like with his percentages, mhm. It's kind of hard to have good percentages when you only get so much playing time anyways. Right. He's so that's one thing. Fewer than 10 minutes a game. I have a dog. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's, it's going to be something to watch. I, you're, I completely agree, though. It's hard, to, it's hard to do stuff in less than 10 minutes a game because there's no rhythm to it. I think we saw that with Spellman, like, you know, over the last couple of weeks, when he started playing 28 minutes a game, his shot looked great. His rhythm looked great. His his intensity on defense looked really good. Um, and I don't know that Tyler Dorsey is talented enough that you merit saying, hey, you know what, here's 28 minutes, have at it. It's just, it's tough. It's interesting to watch, and, and I hope that it works out for him. Uh, 
Brad Roland. This is our second straight podcast where we had to give Brad a shout out here. But he asked me a question shout yesterday. Shout out to Brad. No, stop shouting out Brad. Everybody tries to be nice to Brad. Don't be nice to Brad. <laughs> he, he, want, he asked me this question. Out of, out of Tyler Dorsey, Justin Anderson, and Daniel Hamilton, who do you think will be on the Hawks next season? Uh, it's an interesting one. Um, I'll probably go with TD. The reason why I'll go with Tyler Dorsey is because Travis Schlink drafted him himself. Um, I also think that with a few of those picks that we got, because we got five picks in this upcoming draft, two in, the, two in the first round and three in the second round, I think. Right. I know for a, I'm pretty confident that we're going to get a wing, like a small forward. So I think most likely Justin Anderson, he probably might not get re- re-signed. Right. And he's also – he's not really getting too many minutes as well. Like every single time I do see him play, he's just like in garbage time when we get blowed out in the fourth quarter. Right. So I'm not sure if he's going to make the cut. Daniel Hamilton, that's an interesting one. He probably has more of a chance than Justin Anderson. Because I, when I do catch it, I, I do see him getting some rotation minutes. So I think it's, it's between TD and Daniel Hamilton. Right. But I, I'm going to get a slight edge to tie. All right. I'm going to give it to Hamilton. Schlenk, Schlenk brought him in too. And he's, he's bigger. He's, he's a little bit of a playmaker. And he's, he's gotten more opportunity this season. They've experimented with him more in key situations. So. I think that's where I'm going to put it. Okay. Yeah, I can see that. Well, I appreciate you uh, coming on to sort all this stuff out with me. Oh, yeah, anytime. All right. We'll do it again soon. One call and that's all. <laughs> hey, yes, no, no free sponsorships. <laughs> all right. Have a good night, sir. All right, man. You too. Today's episode is brought to you by Cars.com. With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, Just go to cars.com. It's magical.